With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Whee! <laughs> Beautifully done. Um, it's pod four to four, and uh, it's the day after, less than 24 hours after Palace have lost in the FA Cup semi final to Chelsea 2 0, which we will be discussing. Joining me to do that, Jack Pierce. Jack, hello. How are you doing? Hey, JD. Uh, just home after spending more time queuing up Wembley Way than I spent actually watching a football match. But I'm here, and uh, I think I'm ready to talk about it. Okay, well, we'll see. Well, thanks, thanks for making it. The game, the game, not standing up. With <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. That might crop up. Who knows? That might be part of it, but we'll try and concentrate on the game. Um, also joining us, delighted to welcome Crystal Palace women's player, Lee Nicole. Lee, hello. How are you doing? Hey, yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Similar to Jack, been a messy day yesterday. <laughs> It was uh, it was a long day. I, I was quite emotional at the end of the final whistle, and I, weirdly, before the game, I wasn't that I wasn't expecting too much, but I was emotional at the end. And I think it wasn't during the result. I think it was the fact that my hangover had kicked in slightly early because Wembley is an all day. And when I say hangover, I mean I think I had two cans of pale ale. That's <laughs> that's the limit we're talking. Um, but anyway, I was similar halfway through. I had to take some paracetamol. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> we are so rock and roll on this podcast so rock and roll uh, right before we get into that game um can i get a drum roll please for a shout out to one of our random patrons it's mr joe sands hey joe Hello, joe thank you for joining our patron you can join our patron and get all the rewards like joe does including post-match podcast patron only merchandise and access to the patron only discord club at patron.com slash fyp podcast um and a quick bit of admin um self-indulgent admin i'm doing my solo show at the brighton fringe on sunday may the 29th 4 15 p.m tickets are five pounds available at brightonfringe.org it's called jim daily football and fatherhood it's about football and fatherhood it's a very straightforward title um and it's one of the few chances to see the show before it goes to the edinburgh fringe in august so if you're south case south coast based and i know there are some palace fans down there please do come along uh, I'd love to see you there. Uh, right. From one fantastic show, Jack, to another. Palace 
Neil. What are you talking Chelsea about? Your show? That's your show. <laughs> You've seen it. How dare you? <laughs> um, let's, do you know what? We, we've got loads of questions about the tactics on the day because I think we were all maybe slightly thrown by the setup of the team. But before we do that, let's concentrate on something very positive, which was the fans on the day. I mean, we knew that Palace fans would... We know that this game means more to them than Chelsea, than, well, Chelsea fans or any top four team. We knew they'd turn out on the day, but Jack, my word, didn't they? They really did. They really did. I, I, I said last week that I, I hadn't really thought about beyond the first whistle. All my excitement was about the atmosphere getting into the ground and and being with 35,000 to 40,000 Palace fans savouring the moment. And um, I, I read through the, res- the responses to a tweet that FYP put out either last night or this morning. Uh, and Chelsea fans have decided to get involved and and respond. And the, I mean, the belittlement of, of Palace fans is belittlement. I don't even know if that's a word. But the belittling of Palace fans from Chelsea fans who are saying it that was your big day out. It's, yeah, it was our big day out. <laughs> that's the whole point of yesterday. It was a great day out. Um, I won't go into the um, necessarily the, the opinion I have of Chelsea and Chelsea fans right now. But um, yeah, it, it was it was a, a big day for us, and, and we really turned up and. And, and show what we're all about. Um, I saw fans from, you know, we were on the train at half eight and the train was full of Palace um, already. And it was just great. It was just a real day yesterday. Um, as I said, I, I think we've said on, on previous weeks, and many people have said this, um, given the other three teams that were in this stage of the tournament, to have got any further would have been an incredible achievement. To have won it would have been perhaps one of the best achievements in um, in recent English football history, given the, the quality of the three teams left. But, uh, not to be, but, you know, many, many positives to take from, from a good day. Did you have any beers before Polgate? No beers before Polgate. Well Sorry, no beers till Polgate. Till Polgate, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, but my brother well did a video. My, my brother recorded a video of it as we pulled into Polgate. Um, they, were, they were itching to get it. As soon as we left Eastbourne, the, the bottle opener was ready. Wow. So, yeah. We just do days better as Palace fans, don't we? <laughs> um, the thing is, Lee, I mean, that display five minutes before kickoff was just such a fantastic moment it was quite emotional I think seeing that come out and, and the Palace fans almost felt quite lucky to be there and witness it and you know no matter what Chelsea fans say it was our big day and actually we don't get many days like this as, as a club of our size and so we have to kind of go for it and they did and that I think that's really one of the special things about being a club of our size and getting to Wembley yeah I think no when I seen the display, I just felt a sense of pride and I knew we had all the women's squad there and all the staff and all the staff's family. It was a real sense of pride that we are part of, the, we're a big part of the club and we're able to be there and we're able to witness a moment like that. And I really dislike that. Yes, it is our big day out and it should be our big day out, but clubs like Chelsea, they should never take it for granted that moments like Wembley happen. Um, and it's quite sad that that wasn't really a big day for them yesterday. And I noticed that when I got to Wembley Park at 11am, it was just full of Palace fans. There there was no Chelsea fans in sight. And it was like they'll probably turn up for kick-off. And it, for us, it was a huge day out. And it should be because you should never get used to Wembley, um, whether yeah. you visit it once a year or it. It's a massive day out for everyone involved. And it's a day to be with your families. It's a day to celebrate the club's success because you don't get much success in football. So when you reach somewhere like Wembley, it's really important that you, you soak it up. And it should be everyone's big day. But I think for a club like Palace, and if you look back to 12 months ago, the strides that the club has taken, I think we would have all not believed that Palace would have been at Wembley 12 months on. And, and with a real chance of, of maybe getting through that game yesterday, 
Um, I think it's unbelievable and I feel just so lucky to have experienced it all of yesterday. I mean, our day went on for about 16 hours and that that's what Palace done for us. Like we, we had our first big day out of the season pretty much where we were able to go and do that. And because it was our club, we were able to take a day off training because it was some things are bigger than training. It's been part of that instead of we need to train. It's like, no, we need to go and celebrate this moment because it might never come again. And I'm sure it will under, under Patrick and this squad, but you never know. Yeah, we're back. We're back. Back, back It's it it a warm up, guys. Don't worry. It's a warm up for uh, 2023. <laughs> does feel um, different. Does feel different in that sense, though. You know, like Lee's saying there, the the 2016 game that felt like the, a real moment in time. Whereas this doesn't. This feels like a moment along a journey. I I yeah. I think we will have days in quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals to come in in the next few years. I, I think there's, there's a real momentum within the club at the moment, and it's all heading in the right direction. You know, as as with any football club, you never know what's around the corner. But you know, all things being equal, right now, there's there's a real positivity around the place. Well, I mean, and Lee's quite right. Chelsea fans should take it too for granted. Bigger clubs than them have faltered and and got relegated, and actually they're in a sticky situation, really, with everything that's going on with them at the moment. So mm. you never know what's going to happen. But it does feel no, no, like no comment, no comment. No I'm really, I'm really careful to tiptoe along the legality line and just make sure I don't get in trouble. Um, but it feels at the moment. Yes, it's a journey. There's a real togetherness at the club at the moment from, from first team to owner all the way down to the fans. The fans feel very united behind the manager. You've got, you know, you've got scenes of Conor Gallagher there being there on the day. Great photo of him in the changing room with his shirt up and his number and stuff. So he's still put really more part of the day for us than Chelsea. And he's technically a, a Chelsea player. Does it feel, Lee, that there is a real togetherness from all aspects of the club at the moment, men's team, women's team, fans, owners, maybe more so than there's ever been? Yeah, well, obviously, well, I'm about two and a half years now at the club, so I, I have I can't speak about too much of the history of the women's team, but it has literally got better month by month. Um, it's been quite a fan, a, a quick transition as well. It's a huge thing that we are now part of the, the academy training facilities. That is absolutely massive. We went from training twice a week eight months ago to now four evenings at Bromley Football Club to now four evenings a week at the academy training ground. So we we do full-time hours just in the slot that we're provided. And that itself is absolutely huge because there's not many women's teams that actually get to train at their men's or their equivalent or the academy, which is a fantastic facility. In fact, we're involved. I think it says a lot to to the public and to fans about what what the club think of us maybe maybe not right away but it's a long-term investment it, uh, we're very similar to the men's team it's going to take a while but we're certainly on the, on the right path uh, we feel connected to the fans we've got a lot smaller fan base but they're amazing um, we feel the love there is a strong connection there we know them all by first names we talk to them um, and you can't not love the club but I would say that us as women, we've we've got the best fans in our league, without a doubt. And that's not me being biased. It's just travelling all over the country. Our fans are there with all the flags. Um, often get more flags than, than opposition support. Um, <laughs> but it's just a special place to be. You've got Palace Foundation, who are doing unbelievable work in the community. And every time I see the things that they're doing, it blows me away. Um, I, I don't think enough people know how much they actually do. Mm. But I think, again, it's got to be the best in the country. They cater for everyone. You've then got, we get to see the Boys Academy on a daily basis. We walk past them, the staff, everyone is so friendly. They treat us with the utmost respect. Um, so I think as a club, you couldn't be part of it at a better time. It's only going in one direction. Um, and I certainly want to be part of that. 
whether that's a fan or a player or <laughs> yeah i'm glad you mentioned the palace for life foundation we're doing a special episode with them next week i think actually as they're launching a new initiative as well so we'll, we'll, we'll have some of the guys bobby and some of the guys come on as well which will be great jack before we get on to the game itself and and some of the questions it there is a lot to be proud of with this club at the moment isn't there and some of the things lee's just touched on there the display at the weekend fans in general we've had so many ups and downs this club <laughs> over the years and at the moment with patrick in charge it does feel like a special moment and i guess yesterday was a time to maybe take stock of that look at how far we've come and appreciate all the things we've got to be proud of that a lot of fans at other clubs don't have yeah i think the attachment that the fans have um with with the club is is really strong and i don't i you know, i can't speak as a as only a Palace fan, I don't know what that's like for other clubs, but it, I don't know. It, it feels different to me. Um, I, I just think the the bond that Palace fans through life just maintain with the club, regardless of where they are in the football pyramid or how well things are going on the pitch, just stays really strong. And I think right now we're riding high. Um, you know, this is uh, the ninth consecutive season in the Premier League um, mm-hmm. for, for the men's team, which is outstanding. Uh, the by far the longest in the club's history, um, you know, very close to securing mathematically. I think we probably have secured it already, but mathematically, we're quite close to securing it, which will be a tenth season. Which, if you think back to 2013 when we got promoted and the transfer window that followed with the, the signing of Florent Marange and that type of type of thing, to think that here we are with the type of players that are on the pitch in the Palace shirt, surrounded by the type of people that are in important parts of the club, Patrick Vieira, Steve Parish. Um, the, you know, the developments like these just mentioned elsewhere in the club, the development of the women's side. It's a very positive time for the club. And I think fans are appreciating that and are doing their bit to maintain the atmosphere, sorry, to maintain the atmosphere and the positivity in the stands as well. So yes, there was a great day to kind of showcase that. I just hope next time we can maybe have the result on the pitch to um to complement the the um the scenes in the stands. Yeah, yeah, indeed. It was always going to be difficult again. I mean, Chelsea, of course, of course. And I, fantastic you know, against Real Madrid in yeah. midweek, and uh, yeah. they're a quality team full of a quality squad full of. I mean, they bring on Kante, you know, to, to see out the game later on. The guy's a hundred million pound they player. Bought a, yeah, they bought a hundred million pound striker on. Yeah, I mean, he, he then did miss. He didn't then hit the post from three yards out, but that's not the point. He did cost a hundred million pounds. But, exactly, exactly. You know, their subs are ridiculous, and unfortunately, that was perhaps a glimpse into the future with this five subs rule, but. Hey, let's uh, yeah. talk about that next season. Instead. I did think that as well. Um, well, let's move on, Jack, then, to the to the format. Lots of people asking about the formation. But Vieira did change it up. I think it was the third different formation we played against Chelsea this season. Um, and obviously a switch from his usual 4-3-3 to a, 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 a three at the back, I guess. Chet, Chet dropping in at uh, back three. I'm guessing it was to nullify Chelsea, which you're always going to have to consider against a team like that and then hope you get something on the break. Um I thought it was asking a lot of Wardy. There's a few times Wardy spun down the right midfield and I think, oh, I wish it was Wardy from 10 years ago because you're asking so much of him there. Um, and I actually thought he did very well on the day. But what were your thoughts on the on that formation change? A bit of a gamble. Was it worth it? Did you say this is FYP 424? Episode 424? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the only formation that Vieira hasn't tried against Chelsea this season. So, um, yeah, it did strike... I didn't when I saw the team lineup. I didn't expect us to change formation. I thought it would be the flat back four with with Czech sitting in front with Schlupp and um, Jimmy Mack running with Eze playing from one of the sides and Wilf um, on the other with Mateta through the middle. So once the first ten minutes kind of died down, you start to see Coyote consistently in that 
kind of right-hand side berth of the of the middle three at the back, you know, it, it, it did look like we were just trying to match up with them. Um, I think the strength of my love for Joel Ward has now got to the point where when he was named in the starting lineup, people were congratulating me like I'm a relative of his. <laughs> so I think we might need to toe the line because I am worried that the Ward family may feel intruded upon, but uh, that, that's, a, that's a different story. Um, but it, I thought he did well. I, I wondered whether one of the reasons why he did start was perhaps he's better aerially than, than Kleine. So um, when Button was looking to spray um, outside, um, it, it may well have been that the, the kind of battle that Ward could have had against, um, it was Alonso, wasn't it, who played mm-hmm. left side yeah. for them yesterday. So I think maybe that that option, because um, obviously Tyreek it, it isn't um, particularly prominent in the air, so it just gave the outlet. But I thought he did well. I, I think you've got to match up certain elements of the game. The, but Vieira obviously felt to the extent of matching up the whole system for Chelsea's, which um, I guess is, is just testament to the quality that Chelsea have. Um, that they have. But that first half performance, it looked as though that change in formation was was serving us well. And it really was only the second half when things started to unravel. So, um, you know, I think what this did prove, and we've seen it different times in different games this season, is Vieira has more than one plan, which given previous managers that we've had over the last 10 years or so, um, we've often commented that we don't have a second plan or a third plan. So it is nice to see that, you know, managers have flexibility in thought and he's happy to to look at the particularly in big matches. You know, you, you can't um, suggest that Vieira is not going to back himself there because that's a huge decision and perhaps the biggest game of the season for Palace. So fair enough. But yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about perhaps other elements of um, of the game, the substitutions in particular. Um, but in terms of the, the formation, it was a fair gamble and it and it was working for the first fifty minutes or so. Just really quickly, you touched on Jack Butland. There's a really nice video of Jack Butland saying thanks to the fans on the pitch after the game, which is so nice. He talks so well. Seems like such a lovely guy. Just another reason to be happy at the moment and proud of. Future, future pundit. Of, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think future so. Future pundit. Yeah. Um, I guess, Lee, when you are matching up against one of the best teams in the country, you have to make two decisions or one of two decisions. You either go for it. And our formation this season obviously has been pretty attacking. And in fact, in the games that we've done well, we have really gone from the off and raced into a one or two goal lead. Or you don't, you try and match him, you try and stay in the game and hope that you can grab something later on, which obviously Vera went for um, on Sunday. It's a difficult one, isn't it? And I can see why he's made that tactical change. Um, and as Jack says, 45 minutes of it worked, but um, maybe in the end it wasn't, it wasn't right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I thought for the first fight, 45 minutes, the job was done. And it was then about, right, okay, how can how can we go nick one? It didn't we didn't really look like we were going to score, but we also didn't really look like we were going to concede at the same time. And it seemed it had like a nil now and extra time all over it if it stayed the way that it was. But I think when you're a manager and you're a group of players, if they had stuck to what they're used to, it could have been three or four nil. Or it could have been a 1-2-1 win. We will never know. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. And I think that's what's so difficult for people to see. They always assume it was the formation. We didn't get it right. But Patrick knows what he's doing. He's better than any of us. And I watched Pep Guardiola get turned over by by Tuchel in the Champions League final. And he's not able to play against them on the big stage. And I think... They're a difficult outfit to play, and you see the subs they brought on. I laughed at one point, thinking, "Goodness me! Like, look at that bench." But you're missing Conor Gallagher, who is a crucial part in the midfield as well. And I think if you're going to stick to what you're used to, you need all best players available, and he's a crucial part of that. And if you stuck to, how do you replace him off the ball, on the ball? And I think Patrick got it right in the first half. 
and but I'm sure when he watches the game back, he'll he'll be he'll be analysing it for the next three four days. I'm sure and thinking how could he have done more? What could he have done differently? He'll be asking himself all the same questions, but missing Connor. Um, yeah. you kind of have to change something because that's a huge loss in midfield he does so much for, for that team around him um, and I thought the guy's done excellent in there to, to compete and I think I've seen in the second half Chelsea leading up to the goal had 86% possession yeah. um, now is that down to formation or is that down to not just getting tight enough in the first place because it is still 11 v 11 at the end of the day um, sometimes no matter what your formation is it's just down to the simple facts is it is it just not getting tight enough? Is it just not being able to compete enough? Um, they showed that in the first half they could do it, but the Chelsea are sometimes a class ab- above, and I hate saying that, but you've got to respect they are the champions of the world and they've got unbelievable players. And I think sometimes maybe if the players have put up, a, a, I think they tried their hearts out, I think they gave everything they could, but I think they were just better on the day rather than the players not wanting to compete. They certainly gave it them up their all, but 86% possession, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Lee, can I can I ask a question on that then? Because in previous seasons, this season, you know, Liverpool are in your league, and I'm I'm presuming that they have, uh, you know, bigger resources and their squad depth is probably better and deeper than than the other clubs in division. So when you're playing a team like that, and there's an expectation that you will have to sacrifice some of your own hopes and ambitions for a game in order to stay in the game, mm-hmm. I, I've always thought that that mental challenge throughout the game increases the closer you get to achieving the goal of getting a point, even winning it. So yesterday, do you think that may have fallen into the mindset for the players? Because we, as you say, we did seem to drop off at certain points and Chelsea's possession increased significantly and, and our use of the ball dropped. Uh, and we just didn't see the same team that we did, particularly in the first half. So from your perspective, were you watching that thinking the mindset changed as the second half developed? Massively. I think it's difficult not to look at that board and see that there's 35 minutes left. Yeah. Now no, no, you, you, you're human. You are we're playing yeah. for... It's Crystal Palace. You are minutes now away from one goal and we can sit back and defend for our life. But we're the same against Liverpool. We've changed formation every time against them mm-hmm. because you need to respect the players we are playing against and appreciate, look, they're fantastic. So how can we kind of stop them at bay and still capitalise? But something needs to give. Um, so it does. So um, I appreciate it when you're no now, or I think we were 1-1 against Liverpool at one point at the start of the season, doing extremely well. And it's like, do you go for it? Do you get excited or do you play for a point? And we end up conceding. And I think it's all part of the learning curve and a journey for everyone involved, for Patrick, for his squad, for the fans. It's going to, it's going to take a lot of trial and error um, mm-hmm. before he gets it right. He's done fantastic against the, the other big clubs around um, and this is the one team from right and saying that he's not quite managed to do it against yet. Yeah, I think that's fair. He'll, yeah, he'll get fair. there. Um, but not many people can do it against the share on the big stage when it comes to cup games. I think the, I think it being a cup game is another really important element. You know, in the league game, if you're holding on, you're thinking, well, whatever happens, we've got next week against yeah. whoever it might be. But whereas that cup game is mm. you know, that, that one-off occasion. And, and as you say, that clock, every minute ticks louder. Um, the it it felt like that, but... Everything. Yeah, 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 exactly. The, I'm sure the atmosphere in the, in the stand changed, and that probably came across the players as well. But yeah, it was getting every. Yeah. I'm looking, thinking, still now, now, like the fans were getting louder. Yeah, you can't help but just want to be part of that 90 minute celebration. Um, yeah. you, as a player, you do think of it. Although you're living in the moment, you're thinking, right, okay, just stay in it, stay in it. One chance, a corner, anything can happen, and you score from it. But um, when you're not used to stages like Wembley as well, that certainly can play its part and and have a small impact on the pitch. Mm. Yeah, 
yeah, exactly. I mean, they're only human. They're only human. Yeah. So, of course, they're going through the same emotions we are on the pitch, uh, in the stands. And as you say, it is, it's part of the journey. We've come so far in such a short spell to get there. This is hopefully part of a longer journey. And speaking of journeys, guys, the journey of this podcast is going to end with part one now and wow. begin with part two. I mean, that's poor, isn't it? That's poor. I begin with part two in a second uh, after this quick break. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Five Plan Podcast. 
Way. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to do a heads up about that bit again. Um, yes, it's the way. I really, yeah, someone could tell me, when did we start doing that? That'd be great because it's just become part of what we do. Um, yes, it's part two. And in part two, we're going to talk about Palace Women, Lee. So two games to go. Fourth in the Women's Championship table. Liverpool have wrapped up the title and are going up. Um, Palace in a sort of three-way battle um, with uh, Bristol City and London Lionesses. Who used to be Millwall? Is that right? Were yeah, they Millwall? Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty tight as well. So, and there is a second promotion spot. Is that right? No, there's not. Ah. There's not, sadly. Why not? That. There should be. Yeah, I guess a conversation, its own podcast itself, but. <laughs> yeah. So what now? So what now then? So try and see out the season in, I mean, there's three, three points behind Bristol City. So it's pretty tight in there. Try and see out the season, I guess, sort of positive way as possible. Yeah, well, yesterday during the game, we got news that Bristol City had through with Coventry, which means that um, our hopes of finishing second are very much so still alive because there's, I believe, three points between it and two games to go. So mathematically, it's still possible. But for us, although there's nothing to play for um, in terms of finances, promotions, there is certainly everything to fight for. Um, nothing has changed for us. We want to finish second so badly or third, it would be huge for the women's team. We are the only part-time team in and around the top half of the table. Um, it's been a tough season mentally, physically. The girls have got dual careers. So the fact that we are even in contention for a second or third place finish, it is, it's just like a promotion because everything we've had to, everything that's been against us and obstacles that we've had in place, it's just been amazing. But We'd love to finish second or third. We set out at the start of the season what we'd like to achieve and we've already achieved those targets. So now it's about how far can we go because we're just loving every single minute of it. And does it feel as well like there's a sort of journey happening there as well then with the women's team? 100%. It is extremely, it, to me, it's very identical what's going on in the men's setup to, to the women's setup. And I know the women are still in the championship, but even the way we're looking to play this season, extremely similar. It's very good in the eye. It's nice to watch. There have been a lot of errors on the way, though, as part of that journey, naturally, because um, playing football the real way is actually a lot more complex than what people think um, on the eye. Yeah. Um, the, there's a lot going on. And relating it back to the game yesterday, i seen that um, Mark Gee played a ball to Tyreek Mitchell yesterday that led to the goal, but he actually played a five-yard pass that was square. And we've got a rule in the women's team that we can't play square passes because it often leads to you losing possession. So it was interesting to see that um, when you play square balls and square passes, especially when you're that far back you tend to give away possession um, and it was it was quite interesting to see that so there's little things like that that people yeah. wouldn't even see that's going on and for us now this season the first time ever being told not to play square passes I've never been told that in my life um, and that's a complete change so it's a, it's a massive journey we're on it's one that we're extremely proud of we are loving every single minute we took a dip after we got defeated against Liverpool I think your balloon kind of got popped a little bit because, again, we got quite excited. We were like, wow, we can actually get promoted. Like, mm. can you believe it? Um, but as soon as that defeat happened, it was quite a, a heavy one as well to take. And we took a bit of a dip for about four or five weeks after that. But again, that's part of the process and to make sure that that doesn't happen next year. Yeah, I can see there was a, there was a great run of seven games unbeaten from October to basically across Christmas five wins in there yeah. and then obviously yeah the Liverpool defeat a uh, bit of a dip under there still a few wins in, in there as well and it, it feels like and again 
we're talking about the, the club in general, it feels like there's a real togetherness. And I know it's sort of with women's football, there can be a, a lot of a turnover of players, can't there? I think sometimes and quite, quite, um, quite quick sometimes. So it feels like there's a real togetherness in that squad as well. Um, is that, does that feel like the same from your side? Yeah, it sounds really cliche, but it, it is the best team that I've been in. And when I say team, I mean the staff inclusive of that. We are so tight. We are like a family, but not too close. We're very professional. We turn up, we do the job. We have a great time every time we see each other, but we worked really hard. Um, and the thought of one person potentially leaving the squad this year, like it breaks all of our hearts because everyone brings something to the, to the team. No one is quiet. No one is a bad egg. And that's so rare. Um, obviously, I can't really speak for the men's game because I've not got much experience in a men's changing room, but... As part of a woman's setup, it was very rare not to get a bad egg or someone who doesn't fit into the culture or is selfish or it's got completely different values. Um, and this year, we've got everyone that wears that shirt genuinely loves the club and will fall in love with it. So it's really hard not to be want to, want to be part of that. And now we've got players all over the country desperate to be part of what we've built there, which I think is a huge credit. And you've now got some big name players wanting to be part of our journey, which is a bit. I find it quite bittersweet because they didn't want to be part of the process before people started seeing the success. Yeah. When I could see all the, the hard work going on behind the scenes, and I knew it would just be a matter of time before it shows on the pitch. Um, I always find that bit bittersweet when people want to jump on the bandwagon when, when you're on a journey. Yeah, I, I just think there's, um, you know, I talked about momentum around Palace earlier. I just think the, the last year or two has seen a real increase and shift in momentum regarding the women's game generally. Um, and, and fortunately, as a Palace fan, it's it's showing itself on the pitch for for the for the Palace team. But across the women's game, there seems to be a real increase in coverage uh, and a, a real um, development of of the coverage, which is one element of it. I guess so it increases awareness and, uh, and and the coverage has improved. The new TV deal last year has shown both with the domestic game, but also with the international stuff. Does that help improve the mindset of players when there's a greater awareness of the game the coverage of the of the of the sport is getting better by by the year um and, and more people seem to be talking about it does that does that help players in comparison to maybe two or three years ago i think it i think it helps uh, i think the the ones that really benefits and helps is the youngsters yeah but the players around similar ages to me mid-20s or even older we just love football okay we kind of grew up not thinking this was a, a, a real possibility for it to be on TV and all the pundits and the analysis that goes on and the big money coming into it. But nothing really changes for us because we just love football, but the youngsters coming through it, mm -hmm. we are completely different people. They have now, they can now be professional footballers that have make a very good income and get sponsored mm -hmm. by Nike, Adidas, Puma. Mm -hmm. um, but for us necessarily, nothing actually changes. I think it's great. Um, I'm the first one to push for more for the women's game, but it doesn't change my mindset because I just want, I just love winning. Um, I love being part of a team and I certainly love the badge on my chest. So I think I probably speak for all the older, I say older, the over maybe 24s at our football club and, and the rest of the women's football. We, we just do it because we love it and everything else is a bonus. It's like, yes, like, yeah. Um, it makes our lives much easier and much better because the more funding, the less hours we need to do in our other careers, mm -hmm. yeah. um, the more uh, nutritional support we get, like free meals getting sent to us, free meals put on the table. It's got so much physical support for us. 
But our mindsets don't change. It just helps us be in a, a healthier mindset to be able to go and perform. You made That's me feel so t- old saying, well, I know. Like, I was going to say that. Are the old ones. Oh, man. Actually, it is. All of those people born in 1998. Yeah, yeah, all those people. <laughs> the veterans. The veterans. <laughs> it's really interesting. And it's actually quite reassuring to hear that, Lee, in, in that, you know, despite the uh, advance of the coverage and the deals that are in and around the sport, your mindset is still the same as it was before. So as a Palace fan, that's great to hear. Uh, and my other question was about, obviously the Euros are coming to, to England this summer. Um, and and that, that's that's going to be a, a big tournament. It's, I think it's nearly 20 years since it was last hosted in Europe. Um, uh, sorry, in, in England. Um, is that a tournament that you think, again, will will increase? Will, will you see increased crowds next season do you think when when you step onto the pitch next august september because of events like the euros yeah well i think if i remember right was it the 2016 or 2018 euro campaign that really kept kept everyone on um, especially in england because england had um, a lot of success and that was when women's football was then looked at and, and invested in so i think this next tournament Whoever wins it, it's going to be a win because the whole sport is going to completely change. I know stadiums will be sold out. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be vibrant. I think you're going to have places like Box Park going to be full of women's football fans. Um, and I think the game will go to a, another level. My worry is, is it moving all too quickly? Because right. the growth of the sport has been so quick over the last mm. couple, two or three years in particular that it's like another boost. Is players ready for it? Is players ready for the media exposure? Mm-hmm. Is, is players trained correctly when it comes to the meet? Especially when I speak about maybe um, the championship, for example. Mm-hmm. We don't get media... Um, we don't we don't have media training. We are not used to media exposure. So then whatever impacts the WSL, the main league, is naturally going to drip it's into... It's trickle down. Yeah. And my worry is the women's game is growing that quickly that perhaps... Um, the logistics behind it, players aren't necessarily ready for it. Mm-hmm. And I do worry because there'll be maybe a lot of backlash in, in that, whether that's maybe a player's mum's not put their Facebook on private and have posted something, with it. <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Um, I know men player, um, males mess up as well, but yeah, yeah. they know better. Um, and I worry that maybe female players yet don't think that the eyes are on them the way they are. Um, I, yeah. I do not worry. That's a really interesting point. There needs to be, if you're getting the coverage at the, at the very top and you're getting all the good stuff that comes to that, there needs to be support as well. The, the people that play the game behind the scenes, players and stuff, they need support to be able to deal with that because it's, it's the same as anyone that gets famous, you know, rock stars, whatever. Once you get more coverage and more eyes, yeah. life changes and it and you, you you don't, you aren't quite where you were before and you need support for that, whether you're like I say, to make right decisions on Facebook, emotional support, you know, because it's, it, it's a different world you're suddenly playing in. So, yeah, I hope, I guess, that that those kind of changes come in as well and players get the support to be able to deal with increased attention. Yeah, I just think that clubs are doing everything they can, but they're financially not at a point where they can keep up with the growth of another Euro campaign. And if England should be successful and potentially going to win this tournament, which they can realistically... Clubs, there's not not more clubs. Clubs are trying everything they can, but money isn't plucked out of trees and they need to bring the money in from somewhere. So I really do feel for clubs because they're trying everything they can, but the the women's game's grown too quickly for everyone, I think. Yeah, it's it's grown massive in the last few years. JD, I just have one final question for Lee. Yeah. About talking about international football. Your own international ambitions, Lee, 
and I appreciate Scotland haven't qualified for this tournament, but is is pulling on the the, the Scotland jersey in 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 the sights. I would never, I would never want to offend anyone by saying no, um, but I've got reasons why behind it. So okay. I don't just listen to the the no. <laughs> um, I'd say because of women's football, when I was twenty, I had to make the decision on what path life took for me, and unfortunately, I had to go and make money to live and put a house over my um, my head. Should I say? Yeah. And when I made that decision, that unfortunately comes with sacrifices, and that meant. I couldn't train every single day. I didn't get, we were training twice a week. Um, I wasn't eating properly. And I guess when I was 20, I focused on my career off the pitch because the, my career on the pitch wasn't, it wasn't doable. Um, I wasn't in a position where it, and I gave up on that dream probably about 20 years old. Um, I was always part of the youth systems. I was always very well thought of, but um, I had to make a mature decision. And the moment I made, I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. I think when I seen um, Scotland that, the Euros last time round, it's it's hard to watch because it's like I could have been part of that if I made a different decision. But I also need to consider realistically, I need to live for three hundred and sixty-five days a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is just one particular moment. And unfortunately, women's football wasn't there to provide me what I needed. I live away from my family. I am on my own. I don't have savings, and I had to make a, a really difficult decision. But it was a no-brainer and one that I guess I'm really proud of because now. I'm now at Crystal Palace and I'm at a fantastic club and that is very much so my focus is Crystal Palace and my career off the pitch. And mm-hmm. I'd love to wear that shirt, who wouldn't? But it's not realistic and it's probably not a, a realistic goal to set either for myself. And as you say, that might be different now for younger players coming into the game yeah. with the setup. But yeah. that's that's a big decision to make at a very young age. And as you say, a very big decision. Honesty. Yeah. yeah, but at, you know, at 20, that's a big decision to make, really. Yeah, it's, it's never an easy one. It wasn't just my Scotland career that I was saying goodbye to it was it was also maybe giving up an idea of, of playing in the WSL professionally at that time as well but the money wasn't there for me to train full-time with a WSL team and be able to live it wasn't possible a lot of girls that were able to do it they had families they lived at the yeah. family home I was living in London I had to I had to have a career and who's going to give you a job when you're a full-time athlete um so it was difficult, but one that I'm really proud that I made. And as you said, the youngsters these days, there's no decision to be made because now they can be full-time athletes, pay properly, um, which is fantastic. Well, well you're joining. Right. A, a, sorry, JDB, you are joining a very long list of uh, excellent Scottish players in the Palace shirt. So, um, very yeah. True. You're very you're, you're, wear that shirt with pride. And it sounds like you are. So, yeah. We're well, I was going to say, you know, in the 23-24 campaign, when Palace got promoted to the uh, WSL, then you'll be there. Um and obviously, you know, plans for next season are to get promoted. I am looking, Lee, at the top scorers list. Can't see your name on it. So I'm, I, I won't be on it at all. My name <laughs> won't be there. It, it won't even be under as one. <laughs> <laughs> one assist for this season as well, though. Have Apparently so, yeah, according to footystats.org. Add, uh, add, some, add some goals to your game for next season. I would love to. I would absolutely love to add some goals to it. But I, need, I don't get high enough up the pitch, so... <laughs> <laughs> She's doing all. She's doing all the work that the others don't want to do. That's right, creating, doing the, creating the basis. I used to call it the important work because I used to be in a similar position to where, to where Lee played when I played at the, <laughs> the very very low level I played at. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the uh, the work that the others don't want to do. So right, I also am, but it's normally from the bench, which is a very different role um, <laughs> to do as well. Good stuff. Well, thank you, Lee, and, and hopefully you'll come on again at some point and and, and give us another update on the women's team because uh, it'd be lovely to uh, to follow that journey as well. Would love to. Right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do winners and must-do-betters. 
my brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. This summer, go to the movies. Projected on the side of a mountain. Discover a new favorite restaurant, your campsite. Find yourself when you lose your signal. Discover a new playlist, Mother Nature. Make your summer special at the Kia Summer Sales Event with a dependable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Event ends 7523. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Uh, it's part three this week. Winners, we used to call it winners and losers. It's now winners must do betters uh, this week. This, of course, is a patron-only section. So if you're listening on the main feed, you're going to hear a clip from the post-match pod outside Wembley yesterday. Um, but if you want to hear our winners and losers, sign up at patreon.com slash FYP podcast to hear it um, each week. 
let's start about the pre-match, and I totally agree with you. It was incredibly emotional yeah. to see red and blue balloons cascading down from the top tier, the flags, the singing, and this is this is as the teams came out. And I agree with you, JD. It brings a tear to my eye, and I was very proud to be a Palace fan today. And I love the game. We dealt with the first half superbly and, and we talked about the tactical tweak which I'm sure uh, Dom will embellish on because he's far more analytical than me but it seemed to me that we were dealing with uh, the two wing backs by playing a sort of uh, uh, Wardy on one side and pushing Tyreek up a little bit further the other side and we nullified that we played really really well to nullify a really good Chelsea team second half they came out turned the heat up a bit they seemed to play a bit quicker and all of a sudden we made a little mistake and they scored a goal bang and uh, that was the difference they they have a very 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 good side we played superbly but they were better than us and on the day the best team of the second half won yeah it is one of those things I think the, the way Palace lined up, it was an interesting one, wasn't it, Dom? There was a kind of a, a change in formation, but it seemed to be one that worked for Palace, from, for the first half at least. But Chelsea being Chelsea, they've got so... Again, we talk about their quality, but they've got so much quality that they made those they made a few changes tweaks in midfield and, and tweaks in, in the second half and it, sh- it shone through and ultimately it was a mistake from Tyrick Mitchell that cost us funny thing is I mean I, I, when, when the sort of news came out and it, it did emerge before the game that there was going to be effectively three at the back or five at the back for Palace um, and matching up with Chelsea basically uh, I thought it was quite a big risk because it's the third time this season against Chelsea that Palace haven't played their strongest formation. They've never played 4-3-3 against Chelsea this season. And I can see why he did it, completely see why he did it. He didn't want to get overloaded. He wanted, he, he wanted to go light for light. The only problem with it, of course, is that Chelsea have got better players than us. So if you go light for light, ultimately you're likely to get eroded and your quality will get... Their quality will tell. I, I thought... First half, we really competed well in that. We'd not, we did nullify them. They moved the ball very slowly, partly because we didn't let them move it quicker. Um, but the only problem when you, when you do that, obviously, by playing that five... It was a 5-2-1-2, two, two, effectively. By doing that, yes, you can nullify them. But weirdly, you also nullify yourself. You, you, don't, you don't have... You can't tap into what... We've done well as a team this season, and when, when we've when we've played with a, a vibrancy and a bit of you know vim and vigor this season, it's it's been in the four three three, and it's been with loads of energy, and it's yes, it's been with Conor Gallagher in midfield, which does help, um, and obviously that came into his thinking as well. He was taking out those legs, and you know it's my only frustration today, and I, and I do think we competed for an hour. I think from the second half, you're right. The start of the second half, I thought that first ten minutes of the second half, the, the writing was on the wall a bit. Yeah, yeah, but um, the, my only f- slight frustration is, for the third time this season, I still don't think we really laid a glove on them. Yeah. I'd love us. I'd just love us to have had a, a, a passage of play, a spell of that game, where we did what we did to Liverpool at home. Yeah. Where we did, what we did to Manchester City away. Even Chelsea at home after Chelsea, that spell, we had, where they scored those goals. We didn't have a shot on target in that game. That's true. We, I, I just, I just wanted. To, I mean, we had moments. There was a good shot in the first half. There was a header in the second, and Kiate in the second just flicked it wide from our, what must have been one of our only corners of the game. But I, that is a part. But, but you know, you can't say you can't go out and and play expansively and just expect to steamroll a Chelsea because. 
they're, they're and, a bloody good team. And ultimately, it was at the point where we tried to get expansive at one nil down to try and get back into the side, into the game. You then end up in this attacking moment, and and the little bit of positivity from um, from Elise coming on, and Chelsea just ping, ping, ping. Get it in the other end, and and Mason Mount makes We'd it two. We overcommitted then, didn't we? Yeah, yeah of and, course. And, uh, again, it's just. We had to score first. Palace had to score first yeah, to stand yeah. any chance. And they, it and they it didn't. felt like a roll of the dice when Elisa came on. It was the right roll of the dice yeah. to play. Um, and we, we had our moments. All of a sudden, it was a different game. But, you know, we all know Chelsea were going to see that out. We needed the one thing that eluded us today. Eluded? Eluded. Eluded. It was a bit of luck. And uh, when you play a team as magnificent as Chelsea, um, once they got control of the match, they didn't take their foot off our necks. It's also unfortunate that it was Tyreek Mitchell's mistake that kind of he's had such a good season for us it was one little error uh, you know he caught in possession and from that moment Chelsea really kind of capitalised on it they got a little bit lucky and then Loftus-Cheek scored and yeah. I actually uh, I actually missed him giving that away the ball away you get your vegan burger because I was taking a photo of my vegan pasta oh no <laughs> Because I'd gone to get my coat. That was JD, so say, thank you very much for being here. Anyway, on, on, on Mitchell, he's going to make mistakes. I mean, the guy's still still learning. He's a young... As you say, he's been unbelievable for against us. Against very intense pressure. Really, against oh, very, very intense let's pressure. Let's be fair. I wouldn't call it a mistake per no, se. He, was, he was pressed, 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 and they'd been competing very hard at the beginning of the second half. They turned it on, and we were under a lot of pressure every time we were on the ball. Well played Chelsea as well, I think, and we did fantastic well to stay in the game at half time and we needed to score as uh, uh, we were chatting about earlier on we needed to score first and we couldn't quite do it Macca's goal goes in be interesting but Macca's goal Macca's shot Keate oh yeah yeah but hey you oh know. you're right yeah yeah in the first half yeah there so, were those moments so the only other thing I, I, I was sort of wanted to talk about and you, you said again at the beginning our fans did us proud today all the fans and uh, we've had a bit of a week but every single person that was there today feels very proud of being there today very proud of the club I feel like JD a bit emotional uh, and I think it came through to the players I loved the 23rd minute uh, shout for Conor Gallagher uh, and I'm sure he did as well and he came on is at that, the end Is that know. the first time that in a semi-final a, a team of fans have been cheering for a player who they don't earn don't own and yeah. play for the opposition they're playing against right now but Absolutely. to be fair I still cheer I still cheered because it's kind of Gallagher. It's wonderful. There's some loads of wonderful moments today, and uh, uh, exceptionally the fans, the beginning, uh, and uh, throughout the game. I thought we did, and at the end of the game, the last five minutes of the game, we've lost. We're two 0 down. My missus was in the upper tier of, uh, of somewhere, way up in the gods. She took a photo, a video of the Palace end, flags waving, everything. You know, CPFC, and she panned across to empty seats at the Chelsea end yeah. completely empty One. and that's what it means for our club and yeah, well absolutely. done all the fans especially me well, played, well played lads well, well played fans no <laughs> but- <laughs> oh, wow. can, I, can I just mention um, <clears throat> I listened to the pod extra this morning and, and Rob talks about Wilf um, not coming over to the fans at the end of it and I just think it, it's one of those things I don't want to criticise Wilf because I, you know that that's a monumental moment in his career, and I think winning a cup for Palace would be the ultimate for him. I think he'd love to do that more than anything. Um, but could he have just? Cla- I don't know. He just disappeared. I, I don't really know what happened. He just seemed to to go off the pitch, and you know, um, it was just one of those. And I think Luca also didn't. Appear. It's just one of those things. 
it, it, did it does it need to leave a sour taste in people's mouths? I don't know. I don't know. He has, um, it does. But he has he, tw- he has he's apologized, hasn't it, on, yeah. on Twitter. Oh, has he? Has he yeah. apologized? Yeah, right. he has. I guess Lee, from a player's perspective, you there's probably lots of emotions going through your head at that point, maybe you're not thinking clear. Yeah, it's it's difficult. It's something that people wouldn't quite get or feel, but when you're on that pitch and something happens or you're you're so emotionally invested in it. You don't think straight. Um, you're not thinking at all. You just want a way. You want to get it out of your system, whether that's punching a ball, whether that's having a tear, whatever that are screaming. And perhaps you don't want to do that when a camera is right in front of your face. And sometimes you need to go and do that. And you're not thinking about the fact, you're not thinking about anything else. It just get me out of here. Like I need a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, no one's more hurt than Wilf that he didn't yeah. go and have that moment with his fans now that he, he's reflected and he would have reflected about half an hour after the game. It, it seems to calm down quite quickly as a player. He'll be kicking himself more than anyone and that isn't how he's seen his day at Wembley and then win, lose, uh, win or lose yesterday. But I think when, when you come through those kinds of emotions, someone who loves loves the club more than anyone in the world, um, that, that man... I think his emotions got the better of himself. Um, he would have been quite angry and annoyed and emotional, and he mm. just wanted out his system without a camera being in his face. Because often, if he stayed out, I don't know, his reaction might not have been ideal. Then it would have been splashed all over Sky Sports, yeah. and then we've got further criticism. Quite, you remember the the whole Watford um, mascot thing. And yeah. when he mocked Wilf and then Wilf reacted to it. And of course, everyone's talking about Wilf's reaction, not the guy winding him up. And that was a moment where he should have gone back to the changing room and just. Yeah, so he, he learned there. that take himself away from it. And um, it was him that missed out yesterday. And he'll be gutted about that. For, for legal reasons, JD, I'm not allowed to talk about Harry the Hornet. So um, <laughs> I, I better make no comment. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Lee entirely on that. Is it, that makes perfect sense. And um, I, I don't know whether Wilf coming over would have made me or the broader. Palace fan base feel any better? It's I guess it's just my my comment is it's a shame we're talking about it. It's just one of yeah. those we like. It's, oh, it's sort God. of fan optics, one of these things. Yeah, it's just like would it, would it have been a good thing for him to come and do? But you know, people are commenting about Wolf, but they're not commenting about Luca, who didn't come and clap us. And it's just one of those things. There's almost a higher expectation for Wolf than there is for other players. And I, I sometimes yeah. think he has to suffer because of a consequence of that. But yeah, he, he certainly. But I'm not I'm sorry. I know we're talking about losers. I'm, I'm not suggesting he's a loser by any stretch because I really feel you know, getting us to a final and winning a final would be something he'd love more than anything. So, um, yeah, perhaps unfortunate timing for me to bring that up at this point in the pod. <laughs> but sorry, sorry. I just, I just, it's fresh in the mind from listening to the, the pod extra this morning. It's just a, an interesting discussion, but it's good to get Lee's perspective from a, from a player, what your thoughts are in that. Yeah. First. And I hadn't really considered, I need to take myself out of this situation rather than, you know, do something stupid. You know, it, it makes perfect sense, actually. When, when you hear about it rashly yeah. and take the emotion away from it, um, yes. He should the fans. He would have wanted to. Yeah. But he couldn't. And he made that, that like, he he wasn't in a frame of mind to be thinking. So he just took himself out of a situation. And it's him yeah. that's messed out. It's, yeah. it's him. Yeah. That moment won't be, yeah. won't be in his memory. Back. What I'll do. A picture of him clapping the fans. Little things that's memory that will be in his wall when he's retired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I'll do, Jack, I'll make this bit public as well because I think the explanation from Lee was very interesting. And then it's very included good. in the winners and losers, so there you go, it's, it's separate. So a little bit yeah. of editing magic. Let more people hear me talking nonsense. Brilliant, thank you. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> let's uh, really quickly take a quick break, come back with uh, questions after this. It's 
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Back to the Puppet Plan Podcast. Wee. It's part four questions. We have covered many of your questions already, but thank you so much to our listeners for sending in their questions. We really appreciate it. But a couple, including Julian Chenery. Hi, Julian. Hi, Julian. Who was on the Post Podcast as well. Uh, Jack Steele. Hi, Hi Jack. Jack. And Quentin Solden. Hello, Quentin. Hey, Quentin. Quentin. Have all said, uh, what do we do now towards the end of the season? So Julian says, can we now concentrate on the league in inverted commas Jack says FA Cup out of the way relegation not a factor is our primary goal for the rest of the season to finish in the top half avoid crucial injuries what else and Quentin says seven games to go how would the FYP panel attempt to motivate a squad with nothing to play for I think there are still things to play for aren't there Lee that top that top half finish uh, actually I haven't seen the table but um, is it still on let's have a look we're 13 37 yeah three points yeah. off 10 it's still on isn't it yeah, um, I think I, I don't think these players need motivation. I think they they want to finish as high up that table as possible and definitely finish in the um, the top ten without a doubt. I think that's a given. Um, these players do this for a living. It's, they're not just going to write off the rest of the season. But I think the difficult thing is yesterday would have hurt, and it's really it's going to be a, a big challenge for the squad to get back in probably tomorrow as a squad get it out of their system and try and pick up where they left off in the league. Um, I hope that the, that balloon's not been popped a little bit because they've been fantastic. And I really hope that, I'm sure they've got the best man in charge to get them back on track. He's had a lot of moments himself as a footballer, but it hurts as a player. And especially when you've, you're not fighting for anything else necessarily other than finish, it's a massive thing finishing the top 10, but individuals will take it differently than others other people turn up and be like right back to business and other people be dwelling on it and disappointing themselves and it's on a big stage you're so close um that'll that'll be a huge challenge and i really hope that as a squad the best thing they could do is have a fantastic performance at the weekend i'm going to assume um with the league yeah well we've got newcastle on wednesday night awful awfully rearranged game and then we've got um saints not Saints. yeah leeds sorry leeds, leeds on monday, monday. monday. Yeah. all these premier league is terrible for these three three monday home games in a row yeah. they're awful for these rearrangements um but yeah i guess jack i mean it's a classic sort of football cliche of like will there be a reaction will they get a reaction to this to this kind of game and um but there is still things to play for this season um but you think of the position we're in Seven games to go. We've got to an FA Cup semi-final. We're way clear of relegation. This is, these are exactly the situations that Palace want to be in. I think given all the conversations that Palace fans are having at the start of the season in terms of turnover playing soft, new coach, to be in this position is, is absolutely fine. You know, w- whether we finish ninth or 14th, I think there have been enough positive this season for us to look back on this season uh, with a smile. And and on top of that is the, is the cup run, which, which provided some really wonderful moments. Um, so I think there is still plenty to play for. As as Lee says, we've got a manager who 
for all the highs he experiences in his career as a, as a player, he will have also experienced the lows and, and, and will know. And I think there have been mentions throughout the season that perhaps we don't have that many leaders in, in terms of the dressing room. Well, now is the time for leaders to step up and, and develop and, and find themselves as, as, as the kind of leaders within the group to, to pick the players up and, and to talk about what the rest of the season can bring. You know, I think the top 10 are places very achievable. I know, mm-hmm. um, and the small factor of maybe chasing Brighton down to finish above them this season is is possibly a factor. They've had two very decent wins on 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 the road in consecutive weeks. Yeah. Um. So they've they've now gone above us and back into the top half. I think Brentford won on Saturday. <laughs> to be honest, I haven't really noticed much other football. They beat Watford, until, I think. They yeah. beat Watford. Sorry to tell you that, JD. I hope you're okay with that, mate. Um. But uh, yeah, I I think um. In terms of finishing the top 10, the results didn't really go our way this weekend other than Leicester losing to Newcastle. But our Newcastle are level on points of us. Southampton won. Yeah. So we have gone from, I think we were 10th at the start of uh, this football game week as the modern football parlance uh, tells us it is. Uh, and we've now gone down to 13th. So still, we've still got games in hand. That The issue that we have is, and this could be a positive, um, we've got quite a few weeks with two games in weeks like this week coming up with a trip to Newcastle followed by home game. So the positive that that could show is is perhaps getting players some game time that they haven't had as much game time recently and, and they've got a chance to show the manager what their worth is ahead of next season. So I'd hope that would be encouragement for players to, to step up and, and from a personal perspective. So I, I, I understand what Lee's saying entirely that finishing the top 10 might not necessarily drive the, the individual, but there are some individuals who could do with minutes to prove their worth ahead yeah. of next season. So, yeah, I, I, that's what we can do. You know, the cup was the cup was great, um, but the league is the bread and butter, and there's still a job to do. And if we can finish as high as we can uh, in, in the league this season, there is, there are financial benefits of it um, to the higher you finish. So that's um, another contributing factor. But yeah, it, it's all about how the players respond to what was a very difficult. If you think about how emotionally exhausting yesterday was for fans, uh, imagine what it felt like yeah. to be a player. Absolutely right. Speaking of uh, players and minutes, uh, Lee, I'm sorry to go back to uh, a negative part of uh, the game, but we didn't really cover the subs, I don't think, in part one. We've had a few questions on them, so we'll do it quickly. Um, Joe Osborne, easy to say in hindsight, but seemed to fall away after JPM went off. Obviously, Mateta's been fantastic for Palace recently and really led the line. Uh, It was a very early sub, wasn't it? 54 minutes in, uh, and Vieira said after the game it was part of a tactical change and and a system change. Um, were you surprised by that when JPM went off at that, at that point? I was. I, I love watching him. Um, I could watch him all day play football and he is a pivotal part of that. I don't think it was the only reason that it fell apart. I think Chelsea were just a class above. Um, making subs always go one or both ways and sometimes when they come on and impact it posit- positively, you're thinking that Patrick's a, a tactical genius but it, it didn't work yesterday but had he have stayed on they probably still would have conceded too I don't think it was it was the reason that that we lost 2-0 yesterday you never know are they managing him is he carrying a niggle is there anything you, you've got Newcastle on where you, you're thinking you, you never know what's going on in the manager's mind is he running out of steam is there something more to it he's got big games coming up as well and he will be thinking about everything and managing the player um, you never know what's going on, but he's a manager and he made the decision. And yeah. yeah, we've said that actually in previous on previous pods, Jack, haven't we? That Mateta does seem to sort of run out of legs around sort of 65, 70 minutes. So maybe it was that and, and the game's coming up as well. Um, I think some fans may be confused that 
with with the presence of Rudiger at the back, then maybe it called for a Benteke early on rather than Ayu. Mm. But Ayu has been so good for Palace recently in various positions. You can see maybe why he he brought him on. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's just unfortunate timing in that the sub was quickly followed by the first goal. So I think naturally we're all associating with the sub with the kind of drop off in the result and 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 the performance. But I don't think it was the right sub. You know, I say that, but I, I don't think it was the right sub. I, I I think, and the fact that Benteke then came on 15 minutes later makes me think that perhaps the impact that Vieira wanted from that change didn't quite happen. And then he had to revert back to um, perhaps having that that bigger target up top and to occupy Rudiger more than the Wilf was able to. Um, yeah, I think JPM, I think, you know, I said throughout this whole season, he has, and this, this is a facet of his game that has improved massively, but he hasn't got 90 minutes in the tank. He's got 65 to 70, but still 54 minutes is, is early. Um, so I did wonder whether there was a, uh, a maybe injury um, related to that decision to take him off. But yeah, we, we did suffer a little bit um, after that sub in, in not being able to hold the ball up. But but Lee's right. The momentum of the game was already kind of shifting at that point. And, and I don't think the presence of either Benteke or Edward, who I have to say has completely gone off the radar in the last few weeks. He's he's not really looking like an option at the moment for whatever reason. Um, I, I don't know whether there's just not enough in the, in training or whether Vieira just doesn't see the system to fit his strengths. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, the, the when, when Mateta came off yesterday, I don't think Odson uh, Edward was an option for Vieira from the bench. So, uh, it was either Ayu to kind of come on and go go wide or change the system or play kind of off Wilf. It just didn't really work. And that's why Benteke then came on to kind of revert back to that system that, that was deployed at the start. But yeah, the subs the subs are odd. The subs, yeah. I, I think managers are going to have to get used to having five cards instead of three. And um, yeah. I wonder whether that is going to complicate things to in the short term, at least. Um, you know, with, with Tuna down, do you need to bring Luca on? who, in fairness, when he did come on, did nothing to aid his cause at the moment. Um, unfortunately, you know, there have been a lot of comments from Palace fans on, on Twitter about his 10-minute cameo. Um, yeah, just the stuff, just, I think Elise was the only one who really impacted the game positively from a Palace perspective. Um, so, yeah, perhaps the subs could have gone better, but I think the kind of tide of the game was probably turning away from us anyway. I will say that was the exact point where I went to try and buy the Coke and got the Fanta as well. So you have to, you have to remember. Look, that mate, they're not well. listening. They turned off. The sponsorship is not happening. I just, I was like, I tried. I tried my hardest, <laughs> but that is when the game seemed to flow Chelsea's way. So I'm sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> speaking of more minutes in the tank and uh, the game flowing, let's end our questions there. We'll really quickly preview two games this week. As you say, lots of games coming up, Jack. So a quick break. When we come back, we'll preview Newcastle and Leeds. Fabi podcast. We part five. It's preview time. Uh, Newcastle on Wednesday, Leeds next Monday. Um, Jack, as you said, uh, Newcastle same number of points to us now. Good run recently, to be fair, under Eddie Howe, and uh, they've dragged themselves out of the uh, the relegation battle. Um, I think. Do you know what? A few weeks ago, on paper, that might have looked like um quite a tasty fixture for Palace. I think that's going to be quite tough, especially mm. after yesterday. 
That's got 2-0 Newcastle written all over it. <laughs> I'm, afraid, I'm afraid. That's the way I'm looking at it. Fair play to anyone and everyone who's making the trip. I think the club are actually making note of the the journey, the fact it's Wednesday night and the commitment we've shown in recent times. I think there's free travel available for fans that want to go on the coach, which I think is, you know, really, really and good. And if there isn't, there now the has club. to be because you've just announced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, CPFC. Sorry, Steve. Uh, sorry, Steve. <laughs> um I'm pretty certain that is the case. I think there was there were offers um, available a few weeks ago when that fixture was rearranged because I think there's an appreciation that um, Wednesday night is far from ideal for that fixture. But uh, yeah, they, they're on the back of um, of a win yesterday. I think they scored with pretty much the last kick of the game, so they'll be feeling good. There's been a feel-good factor at the club since that takeover came on. Again, for legal reasons, I can't comment about that takeover, so uh, best I leave that well alone. Uh, but yeah, they, they've bought well. I think Bruno Gimmerich uh, scored... He may have scored both goals from yesterday. Yeah. He's looking like a very yeah. shrewd signing for them. Um, they're they're better at the back than they were. They're better in midfield than they were, and they're better up top than they were. So that that's testament to the business dealings they've um, they've completed since the takeover. And yeah, I, I just think so close to to Sunday. I think that's going to be a, a difficult one for the Palace squad to turn around. If they get anything from that game, it'll be a very good good point or three. Um, Lee, we're actually catching two teams in good form because Leeds have also found a little bit of form as well. I'm beating in four and Jesse March seems to be doing a good job there in difficult circumstances considering no one wants to be able to leave. Um, so it's going to be two tricky games really, isn't it, for Palace? And again, as you said earlier, off the back of yesterday as well and the emotional effect that will have on the players. Are we expecting many changes, do we think, then off the back of yesterday? No, I, I think there might be. I think there'll be one or two changes. I don't think there'll be there'll be mass amounts. I think they're going to be hungover this morning. I don't mean as an alcohol hungover, but there'll be there'll be a hangover this morning from yesterday, and then back on the roads um, to Newcastle. That takes it out of yourself. So I think um, Wednesday's one will be difficult, but I think going into Leeds, it's back at home. And I think that's when they, they may get back on the journey and they'll pick it back up again. I think that's more than enough time for them to to kind of go back to basics and, and get back to where they belong. I think Wednesday will be a big one just for them to get everything out of their system. Hopefully yeah. try and get a 1-1. That'd be a fantastic result away from home. Newcastle have got a noisy bunch of fans. It's quite a taunting, um, taunting place to go. Um, when when you're when you're at your best and when you, you've got all your fans with you. But I think Monday will be, be the one. Um, I think everyone will be looking forward to that because it's back at home. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that'll be good under the lights. I think it'll be a good. You now the last two under the lights against City and Arsenal have been great atmospheres, yeah. Yeah. backed up with great performances on the pitch by the players. So I'm, I'm more hopeful for that one. I think that's when, as, as Lee says, I think that might be when the players click back into gear. I was just thinking, as Lee was talking, I was just thinking what the next kind of 72 hours are for the Palace players ahead of that Newcastle game. But I mean, if they've had today off, which you presume would be the the case. Well, I didn't know they had Wednesday night off, so they might actually be in today for They might be in today. There's, there yeah. might be no turnaround, really, from, from yesterday. Because I guess travelling will be most of yeah. either tonight or tomorrow. And then they've, yeah. 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 It's, it's big, a that difficult. Yeah, how does Patrick manage that? But he, again, he's. this is the beauty of having someone that's played at the top. Yeah. He, he knows what's best. He knows what works for players. He knows what doesn't. Um, he'll get that right, whether it's in for a recovery today and a bit of analysis, how they're going to play on Wednesday, what's happening. It might give them tonight at home with their families and, and leave first thing in the morning. Yeah. Um, if he's going to go back to basics, they probably don't need any much time on the grass again other than just get moving. Um, but they might do that on Tuesday night when they arrive in 
um, Newcastle just to get it out a little bit. Yeah, because that recovery time as well is input is part of. Again, if you got Saturday to Saturday, you, then you've got ample time. But I guess with midweek games, that's really difficult. Even for for us, like when we have County Cup um, on a Wednesday night after we play on Sundays, it's it's so difficult. All we do is we come in. We can't even analyse the game before because you have to look forward, which could be a good thing for the, for the guys that they, yeah. they can't. We don't need to watch. They don't need to watch yesterday all over again. It hurts too much. But we just come in and it'll be looking forward to Newcastle, which could be really good for them mentally. But it's so tough. We usually just in recovery. Um, do some analysis how we're going to play and we don't get time on the pitch or like how to do it we don't have walkthroughs um, we don't get to do set pieces and clean them up and it is always difficult having a midweek game especially when you're for the game on the Sunday mm. and Jack do we think I mean obviously we saw a bit of Elise at the weekend and we know that he's being worked back from injury um, we hope I think he may be Monday night against Leeds could be a good time to maybe bring him back in under the yeah, lights. Yeah, I was just thinking of the possible change over Nick. I, th- I think we probably will go back to the four-three-three system that's worked well in the league this season. Yeah, uh, for Newcastle, um, and I think we'll see Connor come straight back into the team. Uh, you know, I think the positives from the SA, you know, take the emotion out of the game. Ebbs played ninety minutes. Um, yep. So there's more minutes in his legs. Jimmy Mack played uh, eighty minutes and 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 did well. Got around the pitch. So uh, that's that's great. But I do think maybe two games into three days for those two might be too much. So Connor will come back in for one of them, you'd think. And there might be some rotation um, at the kind of top end of the pitch. Elise, you know, he looked, he looked sharp when he came on yesterday, I felt. He didn't look rusty. So I think he would be ready to be called upon if, if he is called upon. Um, but then you've got Jordan Ayew who can also um, maybe pull out to the right-hand side as well. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. The, the, the good thing this season, it's, it's shown that we've got a, a, a much deeper depth to the squad than we've had in previous seasons. So Vieira will be able to, to shuffle the pack if he needs to. But, you know, as, as Lee says, maybe tomorrow, uh, sorry, not tomorrow, Wednesday night, um, will be a good chance to kind of, you know, get rid of the bad memories of Sunday. Indeed. So um, I've gone from, I've gone from thinking we were going to lose 2-0 to thinking we're now going to win 2-0. So thank you, Lee. You've, you've turned my thinking around entirely. I think that the thing is that players, from from a personal point of view, sometimes you they're not going to have time to be with their families or just escape. And sometimes that's really important. So I do hope that they get a moment just to be around the family, escape it, be around mates, just even for a couple of hours because they need to. They can't. If you're always just together, it's really hard to get it out. Sometimes you just need a moment away to come back, um, even if it's just for a couple of hours this evening or have a Monday night um, to do what they want to do. And they'll, yeah. be, they'll, be, they'll be fine tomorrow. They'll be absolutely fine once they get back in that bus or train, plane, whatever they get. <laughs> however they're going, however they're getting there. Good stuff. Uh, guys, thank you very much. Lee, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been brilliant having you on and uh, we hope you'll join us again soon. Thanks for having me. I would love to. Fantastic. And do check out Lee's podcast, Football Journeys podcast as well. You've had some great guests on there as well. So uh, do check that out as well if you've enjoyed this week's episode. Um, available everywhere, I presume. Thank you. Yep, it is indeed. Patreon at all as well. The whole the whole thing. Good stuff. And Jack, thanks. Good to have you on, mate. And uh, I you. hope that was almost a bit cathartic today as well. To, well, to as ever, after defeat, after a defeat, it's always good to come and talk about it. So please, just yeah. send the invoice and I'll um, I'll pay within 28 days. <laughs> okay, we will we'll have to talk about that off air, <laughs> which will be me <laughs> ignoring your messages. Um, thank you so much for all our listeners. Thank you to our patrons as well for their support. We appreciate that. And we'll be back next week uh, reviewing two games, uh, Leeds and Newcastle. And of course, we'll be post-match pods for the patrons after both games as well. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Take care and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye.
Sports Social Podcast Network.